test this. Let's test this. <laughs> hello. 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 Do it again. And I, I will always love you. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Test, test. Do it again. Just test, test, baby. <laughs> <laughs> love is an open door. <laughs> love is an open door. Test, test. Test, test. Okay, I think we're good. Love is an open door. Okay. Love enough. is an open door. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yep. So you know what we're talking about? Love is an open door. <laughs> Do it, hit the notes. I can't. I don't know how. Love is an open door. <coughs> Love is an open door. No, that's not it either. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Love is an open door. No, I can't. Do it, do it. You got it. No, I can't. Babe, we need to start. Love is an open door. But that's like not as much range. Love is an open door. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? You feel good? Should we pray first? Hello, hello, hello. Um, welcome to another episode of the Dear Nella podcast. I am your host, Nella. Um, if you're new here, what is up? Um, I'm here with a very special, special guest. Um, I I had to I had to do number 10 for um, the person that I'm in love with currently. <laughs> the person that um pushes me the person that is with me every day the person that loves to be fighting with me um <laughs> yep. shout out to alex hi babe how are you hey babe i'm doing good i'm doing real good really glad to be on here i'm excited uh, it's been over two years since I've done a podcast, so this is going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. So tell everyone what you were doing before. I was doing a, a little, um, I don't even know what you would call it. It was just a little experiment that I had with a friend called In the Mind of Gen Z. It was, it was cool. It was fun while it lasted. Um, you guys were, yeah. dude, if you guys would have continued doing it, it would have been so sick. Like, it was so cool. I love listening to you guys when you guys were on. I know. I think just having having three people on a podcast is too much. Um, I think everyone has differentiating dif- differentiating ideas of what the podcast should look like, and also like. schedules, huh? And schedules, and yeah, it's just weird. But having one person on a podcast that runs it like you do, it's it's probably perfect because you can guide it wherever you want, and you can have the individuals that you want to have on. So, but no, it was fun. It was so fun. You guys should listen to it. If you guys haven't listened to it, listen to In the Mind of Gen Z. He gives me a shout out on his first episode. So shout out to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and now um, because you, it's it's just so crazy how everything works. Um, I wanted to do a podcast and because you guys had finished it, I pretty much like inherited all the equipment. So... Oh, reals. (laughs) This equipment is expensive, bro. (laughs) Was it really? No, it wasn't too expensive. But I mean, it was divided by three, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the reason I wanted you here is because number one, um, I was on the Detox podcast on Sunday. I think that actually drops on Tuesday. And like when I think about um, having guys on my podcast, I'm like, dude, I have to have Alex first. Like you have to be the first one. You have like I have to give you the honors, you know, because I feel like because of you, like you push me a lot. You just I don't know. You like elevate me in ways. And I just needed you to be the first one and give you that homage. Wow. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. very beautiful of you to say. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you're doing this because it's really nice to have something that you're that you can pour your heart into and and uh, really build it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. It makes you a happy person. And I can see the joy in your eyes. And that makes me really happy. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think everybody needs that. I think there's some um, there's a. Uh, there's a, a hole in society and um, it's like a whole meaning. And I think that doing things that you truly love um, in ways that you can express yourself, whether that's physically or ah, mentally, mm-hmm. um, it's, it just does something beautiful to the soul that just, I, I think it just gives you like a, like a beaming light, you know, mm-hmm. and you can see it in people's eyes, mm-hmm. you know, they're truly there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What is that thing for you? Um, it, it was for a long time when I was fighting, it was fighting. It was training really. I used to love it. It was the thing that I thought would take me to like a very high level. And, um, you know, when I let go of that for, for fear, it was mainly for fear, truly. It was either fear of like not making it or it was fear of maybe making it, but not to the heights where I was, be, where I would be able to support myself yeah. or making it and being shortcut due to injury or just having uh, mental issues and um, not mental issues, but brain trauma in the future. Well, tell them about what, what happened. Well, it was just older fighters that I was with that had started a little later. These guys are boxers though. Cause when you're in boxing, you, if you wanted to, if you do want to rise up to an elite level, you have to start off pretty young. And by the time I started off, I was, I was 16 and I'd been doing karate at that point. I was a black belt in karate mm-hmm. at 16 and I thought that MMA would be the, uh, the easier choice, at least not the easier, but it would be more um, achievable uh, for me specifically. But just seeing the older guys like in their 40s, like with like um, um, just these delayed responses uh, and their speech patterns were a little messed up and like they, they, they had a, a sort of a speech impediment. And that was really scary to see. Yeah. But no, it's beautiful, I think. I think having that uh, that craft that you can that you can truly like define yourself by is one of the most beautiful things you could do on earth. You know, it's like the the thing of just progressing. Like it's never the end goal. It's always the means that brings you happiness. It's the progress of the means of doing the work that brings you that joy that like you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah. And uh and that's why I'm happy that you're doing this because uh, I remember when I got out of when I finally stopped boxing when I was 20 and fighting and I kind of let it be, let it go behind me and I kind of just focused on school. I thought about like how lost I felt for a very long time. Like I knew that school would be good and I knew that it would lead me to a well-trodden path where I would find a career and, and it would be safe and it would be safe. And it's, and now I'm at the point where I graduated. I got that first job at a, um, at a school I'm on my way to building a career and um, as safe as it is and as um, many, 
as many benefits as it does have, because it does have quite a bit, um, as opposed to not having a degree, I guess. It, it's it's not the... And all be all? Well, no, it's just not the thing that will nourish nourish your soul, you know? So it's like makes you successful in a safe way rather than like... Well, it, I guess it just depends on how you define success, right? Because success can be anything. Like, I feel like, um, even though I have a little baby podcast, I feel like it's successful. And I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm not making any money off of it or anything like that. But I find success in it because I'm able to reach as many people as I have and be able to talk to people. Um, and that's success to me, you know? And so maybe it's not, maybe being in the corporate world isn't successful, for you, you know, when and what you define as successful. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I think you have to define it in your, uh, whatever you see yourself doing in the future and whatever you are doing in the present moment, if it's feeding into that, then um, you are successful. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't feel successful. I do feel fine about myself and everything. It's just, it's not um, when I'm, the work that I do is, for for a very long time, actually, I, I felt like it was killing my soul. <laughs> I yeah. felt like you know, like those early two thousand movies, or like like The Matrix, for example, where he's working like in a cubicle and he looks down a row and he has like a fucking like a white shirt and a black tie and he just yeah. And um, you know, it that that's sort of what it felt like for a very long time. And um, but it's you know just coming back and finally. Uh, finally coming to the realization that the only way I was truly going to be happy was by pursuing what I truly wanted to do. Um, even if, even in the face of failure and in this particular case, I won't say what it is, but like um, there is a very high rate of failure. Um, the, the pursuit of it is truly what's, what's making me uh, feel more and more alive each and every day, mm-hmm. you know, and as I invest myself more into it, and pour more of my heart and mind into it. And I, I just think that that's, that's like where the, uh, the gold in life is at, you know? <laughs> what do you think are the benefits of being a dreamer? Um, just everything. Everything's a benefit of being a dreamer. There's just like, it's like life is, life could be so monotonous. It could be so hard. There could be so much suffering and despair in the world. And, being an individual who's an optimist and being an individual who's a dreamer, um, really, you become like a, a a shining beam of light in in a environment that otherwise would be, um, you know, if it was taken by entropy, it would just be complete hell. But yeah. in that world, you, you could really you could be something that brings hope to other people. Yeah, you know, and the idea of having faith uh, in yourself and in something other than yourself. I think is truly um, one of the most selfless things that you could do because think about like, think about like just being in the worst of situations and yeah. like there really is no way out, but you have the faith that things will get better. Mm-hmm. Like just having that faith in, in the presence of other people who don't have the mentality, yeah. I think really just helps bring the collective up to a, to a certain level. And um, yeah, I think dream, being a dreamer is good. It's being a good but also taking action is probably like the uh the main part of it the bread and yeah, butter the, and the hardest part yeah and it's what feeds the dream you know yeah yeah and i remember when i first met you i think that's why 
like even when i i think you were like 18 and like this like energy that you had all the time that's really what attracted me to you like and then i remember like throughout the years it would like dip and then it'd come back up and then it'd dip and then it'd come back up and all the times that it would dip you were angry like you were pissed at everyone else like it, it was like really hard for you to like not bring yourself back up but i just remember that time in our relationship like it like our relationship took a toll when you weren't dreaming you know when you felt like you were stuck yeah yeah and i think it's uh you told me best <laughs> having a victim mentality <laughs> not too long ago and it, it is true it was um um it was that it was just like feeling that things were out of my control and taking it out on people around me that most loved me yeah like you or taking it out on my parents or blaming any other reason within my environment that on why i wasn't where i wanted to be and yeah, it has taken like some some growing up. I think it's just a thing of maturity. Well, it's not just a thing of maturity because there's a lot of older people who are still in that victim mentality. But it's a, I think that having someone in there in your life, like you have been in my life, who like really checks you at times and um tells you what you're uh, <laughs> what you're not seeing in your in your blind sight mm-hmm. is um is necessary for us to grow. And mm-hmm. I think that. I think that's part of the reason why we've been so good together because we always check each other and we're very honest with each other yeah. about things that we need to uh, really improve on. However harsh they might be to hear and yeah, you told yeah, me yeah. some pretty harsh things. <laughs> 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 and I've thought about them for like, I you've told me some things that I still think about to, to this day. And, you know, my parents have told me, like my mom has told me some of the most harshest things ever, like that you that really stick with you like yeah you know and um and i think it's it's just uh it's it's a matter of having those people around you truly that that helps you grow and define yourself i don't think anyone can be uh, an island in and of themselves you know as much as we like to think that we can do everything by ourselves and you know to a certain degree we can you know like our society is is uh is made so that we can work from home and get things delivered and we can just chat online and then if we're feeling horny or whatever we'll hop on like you know porn sites and shit like you could really be like fully autonomous but it's not like a fulfilling life Mm -hmm. and it's not like a life where you can truly grow in as much as you would be able to with the help of other individuals Mm -hmm. that i think of it like um you know like in character development when you're writing character how this the the main character um the, the goal of the side characters is to help the main character like find different uh, characterizations of, of himself yeah and go through different like experiences and things like that but it's also important to remember that the side characters even though they're side characters in their own world they're the main characters so sometimes they'll i don't know make the story off the rails or or, or fuck something up you know when it wasn't meant to be when like the main character is supposed to blossom but right mm-hmm. but like that i think that's uh that's pretty cool though because like well, obviously, everyone's like the main character of their own life, but having those people around you really help you. Um, you find different paths, uh, different sides of yourself, and really challenge those sides of yourself. Whether it be that you're a son or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is that you are, you know. And yeah, I think having people around you is is super necessary. Having close friends is is essential, and then also having many acquaintances is uh is a very smart things like (laughs) 
yeah, you you keep your circle small, and I think what that means is you keep it small with people that you truly trust, like if you're you friends, tell right? Anything too, and you can yeah. be vulnerable with, yeah. But that doesn't mean that you close yourself off to the rest of the world. Like you do have to. Do you remember that time in our grow. relationship when we were a two person party, like everywhere? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I remember. Yeah, and it was okay, you know. If, yeah. At the time, it felt like it was just it was it was fine. Everything was fine, and you know it was fine up until like up until we got into a rocky path, and then we didn't have other people to rely on because we were so so reliant on one another. Yeah, we we're so um, what is it codependent on one another? Yeah, and I think that we've grown now. We've gone from codependency to a state of interdependency, and I think that's. That that was truly like the the goal from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, even though we didn't know it. But you having your own things and me having my own things, and then us coming together and truly um, building one another up, and then going back over to our own worlds and, and just doing that like in a reciprocating fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I think um, it's just crazy to look back on that time because we were so different then, you know, and we were so like, uh, I hate to say it, but we were like so cringe (laughs) like like when i think back on that time and like like i didn't know how lonely we were you know i didn't know how much we needed other people with us i didn't know how much but at the same time i didn't know how much work that was going to be you know like now we hang out with your friends and my friends more than we ever have you know and i remember i think in like the first one first year or second year like we had people around us but they were not like truly invested in us you know and i think that's beautiful to number one invest in people and then for them to invest in you and it's just it's just this like beautiful balance that happens and i truly believe that the best part of life is having is relationships you know yeah 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 absolutely and i think um to add on to that i think that you do have to be the first one to initiate um these things you know because you know for a long time you kind of feel like oh nobody hits me up like nobody wants to do anything with me, but like I think you know, as soon as you you put that energy into it, like that energy is reciprocated mm-hmm. into whoever it might be, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's nice. It's really nice. We've been talking about moving out the state, potentially out the country, <laughs> but most definitely out the state. Yeah, um, for some time now, and I, I think the hardest part is going to be leaving everyone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be such a weird thing leaving everyone. But I think it's going to, you know, like it's going to be a new challenge and it's going to pull us towards really getting out there and becoming efficient at meeting other people. And yeah. um, I think it's, but I think it's crazy because me and you have very different upbringings. You've been in Utah your whole life. And I feel like when I was, by the time I graduated high school, I went to 10 schools already. So I feel like I'm pretty good at that already. And I feel like you have like this urge to, to go somewhere like be wild and have that experience and i feel like i've already not that i've already had it to that extent because of course i was like younger i was just following my parents around like wherever they were going that's where i was going but at the same time like um i feel like you have that bug like that itch like that you really 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 want to go yeah and i'm okay if we were to be here forever well i don't know forever (laughs) if we were to be pretty close by and maybe move like to colorado like somewhere that's like kind of not utah but kind of very close to it you know pretty similar i'd be okay with that but i don't know i think it's just scary to like think about it but at the same time like we're young we don't have kids yet we just want to go be wild and i know it's gonna make me grow but now 
that we have established ourselves like with our relationships and our friends that's the only part that like hurts me like when we were talking about it the other day and we were like yeah let's go i was like yeah let's go i was like so happy and then i started crying (laughs) (laughs) i I was like yeah let's go like balls and uh, balls but started bawling you know and and i think that's the only thing that scares me is is losing that and i know i'll be okay because i'll still have you but it's just scary yeah no it, it is scary um it is scary change is scary but it will be it'll be a very interesting experience and like i said earlier it will probably only be for a few years um you know because it's it's funny thinking about it because my parents are getting older and um you know at that at one point they won't be here anymore and i, I do want to spend as much time as i can with them um but I also want to go out for a couple of years. I really just want to go out. I, I do want to see the world. I feel like um, there's so much that you can learn through books and videos and study and the people around you. But we're still like in the same environment. Like we're still so, um, what's the word? I don't know. Like, like in our own bubble, like we're just in our own bubble, kind of like you know the Simpsons when they had like the little the little shield. Yeah, <laughs> and everything's like the same, you know, and everyone thinks the same, and everyone's like, not not that we are all like the same, but it's like the culture that we're in here in Utah has been very consistent, and like we don't think outside of it because there's not that much like diversity here. Um, the church is really big here, and I think we are in our own little bubble here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the main thing. It's, it's really getting the experience to grow in, in different ways. And I think, um, we're really trying to grow in artistic ways, both you and I, and going somewhere where artists make a living from their art. I think it's just going to really put us in a different environment. Environment is so important though. There's so many studies in psychology about what environment does, mm-hmm. um, to the brain. Um, it's, they have like these studies, um, cause there was the, the argument about n- uh, nature versus nurture for a while going on. And then they would take these identical twins and, um, they would essentially, I think it was like seven or eight different pairs of identical twins who ended up having vastly different lives. Yeah. Um, and then they, they ran back to the course of their lives and it turns out that one of them would have like some traumatic experience or one of them would move to a different environment at one point yeah. or they were split up between two parents yeah. and they grew up in different environments. So they're the same genetically, the same individual, but due to the environment, their life takes a completely different course. Yeah. And we are in a good environment here. It's a beautiful environment here. However, I think there is limitations on how much you can grow when it comes to, um, you know, doing things like the arts or doing things um, um, like film and music and TV and all that, you know, and mm-hmm. and and I think going somewhere where that's and the other thing is like it's going to be really scary going somewhere where people are so on their shit, you know, because <laughs> I think for for a very long time, I feel like I'm just going to feel like inadequate. I'm like, God damn, like I'm not doing anything with my life. Yeah. But it'd be cool to do that, you know, and then bring it back. It's like, oh, all right, like after after we've like become part of the environment and, you know, we've maybe worked on a few projects and then we can come back and, and we have that knowledge of what it's like to, to do that and then just come back to home base and then plot our next move. But I think, yeah, I mean, like, and then when we were talking about it, I thought it was because we'd been talking about it when we, uh, 
like the first few years we were dating like wouldn't it be so cool to move to europe would it be so cool to move to chicago or la and um i remember finishing school and then we were waiting for you to finish school and now that you're out of school i'm thinking i'm like well let's do it like it's never gonna happen if we don't plan it out so we really have to like plot it out and yeah and see what's up yeah <laughs> do you think you would have left utah if you were single yeah yeah i think i would have left right after school um i got a job offer and it was like three weeks no it was three months of training and then after that it would have been relocation anywhere in the country so i probably would have done that um and then yeah it would have been interesting though because i feel like i'm I'm such a i I am like we're all social creatures right yeah and i i personally have always like been (laughs) with someone for like a very long time like way back since i first started dating and uh i don't oh, know you how mean, like you've always been with a girlfriend yeah like i I don't i don't know how i would do being just completely alone for a while i really don't i feel like i'd be pretty fucking sad like um yeah i, I don't i have think the you're best a lover that's why <laughs> <laughs> like you love love as much as you are yeah like I, feel, I really feel like you love love and being around someone yeah, yeah, for sure. Because there's I think other people. Yeah, I think there's people that are like love being single, you know. But I think that me and you love being because I'm the same way. Like I always had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and um, I remember once um, Paula was telling me like, or my stepmom was telling me like, um, like, like I, I told her like, oh man, in high school, like I regret like dating the same guy forever. I regret it so much because of this and that. And she's like, you shouldn't regret it, like that's how you are you know like that you were just with the same person or what did she say she said like that's who you you're pretty much always gonna be because that's like in your blood like that's how who you are as a person um you were just doing it with the wrong person and that's okay and i was like thinking about it i was like yeah i guess that is that's true you know like um like i love love i love being i just love being with someone um that being said (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about how we Memphis met? Oh, the the poop scenes? What? <laughs> no, I said how we met. Yeah, through the poop scenes. Remember, what's his face? No, no, no. You can't say it because of HIPAA. Oh, well, the patient. There was a patient. Well, let's talk about how we met from the top, from the top, from the top. From well, the that top. was practically the top. Well, that was the first like encounter. All right. Well, what was the top since you met me first? Okay, I met you. I knew of you first. I knew of you first. So, um, will you please disclose your full government name? Aaron Alexander Ponce. Okay. So, Aaron Alexander Ponce. So, all throughout high school, um, there was three times that I heard about some guy named Alex. So, the first time um, was, I think... In like high school, some some people in Granger were like saying like, oh, this guy, like a bunch of the Granger football players, they jumped this guy in high school in Hunter <laughs> and it's this guy named Alex. I'm like, dang, poor Four Alex, times. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was you. And then after that was, I think, I think because of um, Iceland and Leslie, they were like, oh, yeah, we filmed this video about jeans or something with this guy named alex and i think that day i was supposed to go 
Um, but I didn't end up going to like hang out with you guys. Like I lived really close to Iceland, but I couldn't go for some reason. So I didn't meet you there. Um, and then again, when else, when was the third time? I think, oh, because of Jenny. So you went to senior ball with one of my friends. And I remember I saw a picture of you. Um, and I was still like with my high school boyfriend at the time. And I remember just seeing the picture of you. Um, and I told Carol, I was like, I was like, dude, that's going to be my next man. I was like, watch, you know? And I was just being stupid, you know? I was just like, whatever. Um, I didn't know, like, they. she was like, oh, yeah, this is, I don't even know if she told me your name, you know? But I just saw the picture of you, and I was like, that's going to be my next man, ha, ha, ha. And then I finally met you, like, six months later. Um, but I met you as Aaron at work mm-hmm. because of the, because of the, um, we used to work at a... Rocky Mountain Healthcare. Don't name it. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> it's allowed is it allowed yeah you just can't name patients oh, okay yeah we used to work at rocky mountain healthcare which was like a rehab and like nursing home and when like once we were there um i met you as aaron and i didn't correlate the two like i didn't i knew of this some guy named alex but i i met you at work because of aaron i saw you um i think during my clinicals i met you and then like uh, two weeks later or something like that i got a job there yeah, yeah. It was a very organic thing that happened. I think it's very interesting because, yeah, working there. Well, we went in, like, in the weirdest conditions because you would clean half the hall and then I would, like, help half the other half of the hall. And you swear I was slow, but I really wasn't that you slow. You were hella slow, babe. I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, we would be, like, in the whole, like, um, section together. And you'd be like, hey, like, we should we should split up and we should do, like, half and half so that we can do this faster. I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure, you know. And then I'm, like, doing all my people and, like, getting them all ready for the day and blah, blah, blah. And then you'd be, like, barely on the first or second room. I'm like, dude, are you serious? I did like half of your rooms. Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. It's because I was a humanist. I like to talk to them. They're very lonely people, you know. So I I, I would well, sit there. why would you? I would sit there and I would talk to them and ask them about their day because it was very sad to see it. Well, and, why would um, you? If you wanted to do that, don't be offering your half of the work <laughs> to someone else. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, uh, excuse me. That's funny. And then you would leave me all, all like the people that were heavier, too. And I'd be like, I was so skinny. That You're the reason I have back problems. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, that sounded nasty, actually. Never mind. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. <laughs> but oh. we met there. And then remember what happened? Yeah, yeah, we went to, what's his name? Don't say his name. Started with a C or something. <laughs> Is it Steven? Anyways. Don't, don't say his name. <laughs> we go into his room and this guy would, uh, he had like, um, I think, I can't remember what he had. He was like half paralyzed. I think he had a stroke or something and half of his body was paralyzed. And he would, he would, he would go in the bathroom in his uh, diapers and to have people change him. He would um, reach in there and start flinging his poop around like a fucking ape. <laughs> and then that day you had that room and you walked in and you're hella freaked out. I was brand new and there yeah. was just like poop on the walls, poop <laughs> on the everything. You're and I was so like, ah! freaked out. That was so funny. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he always does that. And then you walked in there and it was, it was on the ceiling and on the walls. And then whatever, we end up like holding him down and freaking changing him and there's like, a couple other people that go in there to help us <laughs> but as we're doing it i lead up against the bed not knowing that there's poop on the bed 
<laughs> and then we had like the poop all over our pants and uh, our shirts. It was so, so nasty. Yeah, it was all over our scrubs. And it was just such a, it was towards the end of the day. And at that point, I think we had to stay er, like after too. Like we were supposed to leave like at 2 30 or something like that. And we stayed like a whole other hour because we had to clean everything. Or I you know. helped me clean. Yeah. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> and then we, we met because we were, we were smoking. We don't smoke anymore, but we were smoking for some time. Yeah, we were smoking. <laughs> for like, it, was, it wasn't even that long. I think we were smoking for like six, eight months. No, less than that. Less than yeah. that, because in my birthday, we didn't, like I was already over it. Well, yeah, so we were smoking, and that day we, because uh, that's, that's really how we started hanging out. Because I was like, you want to smoke? Yeah, like, yeah. And then we would go outside and we would smoke. Um, but yeah, we went outside, and then it was after work, and then we smoked. And I remember just being super high and looking down at my pants and looking down at yours, and we both had like shit all over, like dry Was it shit. that day? I don't think, nah, I yeah, don't think we, I don't think yeah. we smoked that day. We, I remember smoking clearly, because I looked down, I was like, God damn, I got hella shit. And then you, <laughs> you left, you went with Carol. Yeah. She picked you up, and you said, she's like, what's that smell? <laughs> you had shit all over your pants, dude. That was so nasty. <laughs> Yeah, that fucking job was a hazard. Yeah, that oh, was not man. good. That was not good. And then I remember, I it was like we were weird. Like we were like um, very balanced friends. Remember, because um, we would smoke, but then we'd go to the gym, <laughs> kicking it in cars. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'd just yeah. Drive around in the car and just hang out, which is cool. It was a vibe for a little while, you know. It's so funny, like how much different things we did throughout the years. We started off like that, and then you stopped smoking, and then I would feel guilty because I was smoking. And then I remember trying to quit smoking for a while because at that point, I think it was like my first year out of high school. Yeah. And I started smoking um, in uh, my junior year of high school. And you were smoking like every day, huh? Yeah, and then I was I was smoking quite a bit, like like my senior year and after high school, I was smoking like three times a day. Um. And like, I just remember just being so over it, you know, because I would eat, I would, dude, I would eat like so much. <laughs> like it was just, it was so disgusting how much I would eat. I would get yeah. the munchies and I would just, I, I just couldn't stop eating. Like, <laughs> like, like, dude, I could not stop eating. I, I think I would eat like at least like 5,000 calories, like just in a day because I'd just be snacking and snacking and snacking. And uh, anyways, like, yeah, towards that time that we met. I remember trying to quit for a while. It had been like six months of me trying to quit and trying to quit, and I couldn't quit. And um, and then you stopped, and then I was like, you want to smoke this one time? And I think we did smoke another time, but then it was weird. Because like, I didn't really want to. I was just like, okay, fine, like whatever. But I think I think my phase of smoking, there it like lasted like six months. It was just like the time I met you. Like maybe like a month before I met, like we started hanging out because yeah. we we met like around June, and then we got t- together like in January. And by January, we were like not smoking anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah. and I remember for the longest time you were like, "Oh, I really want to stop," and I was like, "Okay, then just stop." <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was genuinely addicted though. Like people say that marijuana is not an addiction because you always ask people like big smokers, "Are you addicted?" Are you addicted? And they're like, "No, I can stop whatever I want." And those are the people who have never actually tried to quit. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe they've taken off like a couple of weeks of shit, but actually try to quit when you go off like smoking for you know a year every day is very very hard. It's it's just so ingrained into your daily habit. What you got know? you into it? I don't even know. Just rap music. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know. It was just uh, it was just a vibe, you know, hanging out with the homies and 
skipping school. Oh man, I messed up like my junior and high school year in school so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I did so bad because I was smoking so much. But you know whatever it happened, it was it was a fun time. Yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I finally quit. It felt like it felt so nice to finally quit. It felt like I had been dragging around like a monkey on my back. And I, and I felt like I was like in a fog, like in a daze all the time. Like I'd lose my fucking keys or like my wallet. I'm like, what you still be doing that, babe. You still no, be doing that. Not, not that, dude. Not that much. You I remember st- at that point, it used to be like every day. Yeah. It would take like 20 minutes to find my keys. Yeah. I'm like, dude, where are my keys at? And I would just lose my shit looking for my keys. And yeah, after I quit, like it was so weird. I just whew, I stepped out of like this fucking cloud. Yeah. And uh, I was clear headed. I could remember things. I was having dreams again. Because <laughs> yeah. when you smoke a lot, you don't have any dreams, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know if you just fall into like a very deep sleep and you just don't have dreams. Yeah. But when you first stop smoking, like the first like one or two weeks, like your dreams are just insanely vivid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're all like, they, they've all been suppressed and they all come out at the end. Um, but yeah. And then after that, I think we, it was weird. Like we just started partying a lot. Like we were having a really, really fun time. We we're going to a lot of shows. We we're going to a lot of raves. We we're going to a lot of parties. And we were like just having fun. Yeah, like we were being reckless. <laughs> and then you left. You left to St. George. And so then- lo- so wait, let's give a timeline. So <laughs> we start met like in June. We started hanging out like pretty much right away, and we were friends for a while. And then I think like in October we went to the movies, and you you made your move. Remember? And you gave me a kiss. Really? Because I vividly remember you <laughs> leaning over. <laughs> no, babe, no. I was just like looking at you and then you were looking at me and then you leaned in and you gave me a kiss. No, you gave me a kiss. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that was October. Then in January, January uh, was like after my birthday, I turned 18. Um, and you were like, we were going to all these parties and you're like, Hey guys, this is my girl. And like for the longest time, like I was just Alex's girl. And I remember I'd be so pissed whenever people were like, Oh, what's up, Alex? What's up, Alex's girl? I'd be like, no, my name is Nella. Like get it right. And everyone was like, Oh shit, my bad, my bad, my bad. Like, no. <laughs> remember? It's your pet peeve, huh? Yeah. Or it used to be. Yeah, for sure. I did not like that. I still to this day, I'm just like, mm. Mm, you know yeah (laughs) and then and then like around june july i told you like hey i think like in january i told you like hey i'm thinking about going to st george and like okay whatever but then like by july like we were like oh shit like fully invested we're fully invested we were leaving we were together every almost every day um and so yeah i went to st george um and that was so sad do you remember yeah, it was such a weird experience. It was so weird because I was down with it, but I also knew you were going to be out there for four years. So it was. Or that's what you thought. I, yeah, I thought you were going to be out there for four years, but it was just so weird that I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm down for it. I'll just chill." <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, like you went out, and then I just started hanging out with my buddies a lot more, and and then yeah, I'd go see you, and then I remember like when I would go, like the first time I went to go see you, it was just like. Dude, it was like you went out to the military for like 10 years <laughs> and I finally saw you and I thought you were dead this whole time. Remember? It was insane. I was like, oh, I was so happy. It was, it was, 
You're so hella in love? I was so happy that I started tearing up when I first saw you. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hap- I don't think it's ever- anything like that has happened um, since? since. But yeah, it's, it's so crazy like how intensive feelings are like the first like i don't know two years nine months or no i think i think ours lasted a while though because of the separation of the distance like i think that our honeymoon phase was definitely a lot longer than regular you know because i feel like usually yeah it is like within a year that you're kind of like okay you start seeing that person but we didn't see each other and i remember um we would see each other like maybe once a month maybe once every three weeks maybe like i think we even pushed it once as far as like six weeks and it was like really hard and either you'd come see me or you'd like pay for me to get like um the shuttle to come over here um or you'd like go take me like and it was worth it you know even if we only got to see each other for like 24 hours like we made that happen you know and i remember um because i saw you so little i feel like uh i talked about this in my other podcast but because i saw you like so um so much less um I wouldn't want to fight with you. Remember? Like we were like just going up and up and up and up and I just didn't want to like shake that up. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, you would suppress a lot of feelings and negative emotions and then that yeah, it was an interesting thing though. I think afterwards it was interesting because it finally it all like slowly started coming out and you're like I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was in shock. I was like, "What are you talking about?" But yeah, coming full circle though, like coming back to the present, I think it's it's really, really important and vital to have that communication. You really have to like be able to tell your partner that they're being dumb or... Don't be telling me I've been, or, I've been dumb. <laughs> <laughs> or they're getting out of shape or whatever it might be, you know. <gasps> I'm not saying you. But, you know, like you have to keep them in check. Like, yeah, you have to keep them in check, dude. Otherwise, like just it, it's just going to breathe like contempt, you know. And then it's going to end up coming out in the worst of ways. Yeah. So just be cool. Be respectful too. Don't be a fucking asshole to your partner. Don't be an asshole and then respect him to be cool with you. <laughs> yeah. So then after St. George, we were we were doing that for like, I think a couple months, like six months. And then we like broke up. <laughs> remember? Do you remember that breakup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was crazy. It was like died or something that's what it felt like <laughs> you're gonna walk dude it was like something straight out of the movie i remember when we broke up over the phone and i was like walking up the street because there's a park right up the street i was gonna go up to it i was walking up the street as you got off the phone and <laughs> it was like the last words that you said on the phone like they were ringing in my head for like like 20 minutes and i was so so sad <laughs> why did we why did we break up because of the distance it was hard yeah, because of the distance, it was very hard. I was like, and I remember feeling like you were like a ghost following me, you know, like your presence was always there, but I missed you so much, like all the time. And it was like annoying. Like I would wake up sad. Like I literally felt like there was a cloud on my shoulders all the time because you were away. Yeah, dude. It was very interesting. <laughs> interesting? <laughs> it, it, that only lasted like what, like 72 hours? <laughs> Yeah, the first breakups were kind of short, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we broke up because of that. What What did I tell you? You said, I think you said, Alex, please don't or something. And like, it was just so bad. I don't want you to remember it. I got PTSD from it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ryan? Yeah. And then so we broke up and then like I remember just being like crying, crying so bad. And then I don't remember if I drove over here or if you came over there or if you went over there. What happened? I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. But we saw each other in person like right away after that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And we made up. Must have been a weird experience for you though, like just being out there alone yeah. for such a long time. Was was it a year or was it four months? It was like eight months, eight months or almost nine. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were like sad the whole time. I remember you just being so depressed. Yeah, I was. I didn't. I just felt really, really lonely, and I felt like I didn't have like a lot of friends. I did meet like people that I still talk to to this day, like Avery, um, and I still keep in touch with like Scarlett. So there's like some people that like I've been uh keeping in touch with so that's the only part that's cool about it but yeah I I came back after the first year it was too hard for me it was hard for me to be away from my mom too like I didn't know how much I needed my mom until until she wasn't there you know Mm -hmm. like I needed I needed those extra years to be with her and be with my family um so when I came back I I definitely it was just like very different like i i had like a different respect for that for her um and then for you too like i i i needed i needed you with me <laughs> well and then i moved back and then do you remember that mm, yeah 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 wait what happened no, <laughs> what no, no. exactly we were, precise? we were just like together all the time again we were like in paradise do you remember yeah and then i think I think I was chasing that honeymoon experience for a while too. Cause I remember like it would get dull and then we would break up and then we'd come back together and then it was back, you know, that phase of high emotions and, and craziness. And I think now that we've been together for so long and we've grown and we've finally come to like this, um, it's, it's a cool sort of love where it's not like very, very hot and high, but it's very, um, it's like a warmth, like a like a warm fire that you're by all the time, and it and it doesn't cool down or anything. It's just, it's, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's, it's a very nice feeling, you know. It's a very nice feeling to know that you're loved, mm-hmm. and that there's someone that cares about you deeply, and that at the end of the day you can come back and you can tell someone your burdens and all your troubles, and it's gonna be all right. And yeah, that's that's just such a nice feeling to have. It's such mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for people who don't have it. <laughs> you do. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I just think there's a lot of people, guys particularly. I don't know. Um, that are just, you know, I I know some guys never had girlfriends. They're probably still virgins, which is okay. But yeah, they're older, and I'm like, I guess they're at that point where I'm thinking, I'm like, well, are they ever gonna have a girlfriend? Are they ever gonna have someone near them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a weird thing for guys, you know, especially guys in that dilemma because there's no one that's going to go up to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A girl always has that, that possibility that someone might come up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so we were kind of like on, I think for like almost four years, like breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together for a while. But we were always still like together, even when we were broken up <laughs> until the last breakup which was in 2020 and it was on Iceland's birthday 
<laughs> yep. That one's pretty hardcore. That one we were just like, okay. Like, I think that was the first one where I was just like, I'm over this. I'm so over this. And we didn't talk for six months. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. I remember being over. I thought that was going to be the last time that we were just going to go our separate ways. And we did. We, we did, did go our separate ways for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a cool experience. It I think, weird. I think that part made me, I think the breakup made me grow so, so much because I remember I realized for the first time, like how dependent I was on you and like to be like my happiness, to be like my fun, to be like my everything, you know, and I didn't have anything afterwards. Like I, I had, of course, my family. I had like my sister, but I didn't really have friends like that. Like I, I for the first time, I like was reaching out to people and um, now that I talk about this time, like with Jenny, for example, she was like, I didn't know you were going through a hard time. I didn't know that's why you were hitting me up. And I was like, yeah, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to like just meet people and like give them all my burdens. I wanted to, for the first time, like create relationships. And I didn't know who I could trust at first for like the longest time and who I could give my heart to, you know? Um, and then, yeah, like finally, like, I started hanging out with more girls. I started feeling a lot more confident. I started doing Dirty Licious and I started dancing. Um, me and Ison were going to the club like almost every week. <laughs> we were just like out there, but we weren't even like trying to get with guys or anything. We were just like having fun. Me and uh, Natalie went skydiving. Like we did so, I did so much things during that time that I don't think I would have done if me and you were still together at that point. And I remember I was just like trying to, trying to mend my broken heart because I thought like that was it you know I thought that we were never gonna get back together but in some weird way I kind of knew we would yeah I kind of knew that we would get back together like I don't know why I genuinely do not know why I thought this like I remember going to um a party once uh, and I was there with Jenny and there was like this guy that was like hitting on me and I was like I just don't want to pursue anything I'm like because what if like like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in, like, a love triangle. I don't want to be in, like, any of this. And, and Jenny was like, dude, like, chill. Like, you guys are broken up. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I just couldn't let it fully go. Um, and then once, once I was like, okay, like, whatever. I'm just gonna, it was, like, six months out. We didn't talk. And then I was like, okay, like, on the six-month mark, I was like, I'm gonna start dating. And then as soon as I said that and put that intention out, you came back into my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. That's like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it was like everything was synchronized and you were needing and then I wouldn't come and then you let go. <laughs> and then something sent a signal to me. But I remember, yeah, because my, my sadness hit very late. It'd be like the fifth month. Your what? The sadness that I oh, had, yeah, because yeah, the first few months, the first month I did feel a little sad, you know, but it was, it, I guess it was something that we'd been thinking about breaking up for a while because George was in a relationship, it wasn't really working out, we were kind of just there just to be there, and so letting go, I think, was the best thing at that point, and I think we needed to go through it either way because otherwise we still might have been in that same predicament of just being with each other because it was comfortable, but not because we actually were choosing to. Yeah, we're choosing to, but because it was an easy thing to do. Yeah. So going through that breakup was, um, it was, um, it was like, it was necessary. I remember just thinking like, cause that was like during COVID and the pandemic and everything. 
and nothing was really open for like for the first few months. So I was just really just focusing on myself and really just doing a lot of like work. And I was like, I want to be a millionaire. I'm just going to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was like my thought process and which is such a weird process to have. Like, cause that, that really isn't me at all. Like <laughs> I can't be alone. Remember, remember the Dan, you were, you told me before you're like, I'm going to be like Dan, whatever with like all the girls or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, what's his, uh, fuck, I can't remember his last name. Bozerian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that looks like a pretty cool lifestyle stuff, you know, but I just, I can't do superficial, you know, I like to get deep in with people. Um, however, I remember, you know, whatever happened. And then finally like the fifth month, like this, this glooming, like sadness that just started like to override me. And I remember music sounded so good. Like I'd be listening to his like particular songs and they're just, I could feel them like in the core <laughs> of my soul. I was like, Jesus, this is insane. Yeah. And I couldn't cry. I could not cry forever. I never cried. I, I didn't cry once. And then I remember what we started talking again, like the sixth month. And then we went out. You saw me. And then when you saw me, I was so embarrassed because I'd never been like so low, low, I looked like broken, you know, and I had long hair, so I didn't look very good either. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, it out. I was a little self-conscious about that, but I just felt like, so you looked like you were, you were, you were sh- like, um, glowing, like glowing, you know, uh-huh. and I felt like such a simp. I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> like I felt so bad. Um, and I remember you like talking to me and like, we we're just chopping it up and we had a good night, you know, it was cool. We talked a bit and we went out to a camping trip like about a month or a month and a half later and we're both chilling outside by ourselves. We're looking up at the stars and I remember, I don't know what I said. I said something to you and then I started like finally, like, like the six months, build the up. seven months just finally just poured out of me and I just started crying like I've never cried before. <laughs> and it felt so good. It was like this <laughs> pressure inside of me that just needed to come out. Because yeah. I remember trying to make myself cry, but I couldn't. Like, I don't know. I'm just such a man or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it literally could not. And then I remember that. Like, it was just, it was perfect because you had me, like, in your hands. And, like, I could just finally just, and, like, it just came out. And the feeling afterwards was just amazing. I was like, oh, that felt so good. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember. That was a beautiful night. Were we fighting that night? Or what? I think I was, like, upset like i think i was like i don't know if i want to be with you because like it's always the same shit like i think we had like that conversation you know and you're like but i'm here like i'm here now and i'm really here and i think that's what it was yeah yeah and then yeah after that camping trip we were like inseparable Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do you feel like we are now i like it i like it I think we're in a very good place. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're very synchronized, and um, I think we're at the perfect age to really start making some big uh, movements in our personal lives, in our relationship. And I'm very, very excited for what the future holds. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have my birthday, and I'm like, I'm, I don't know. Like, oh, you're getting old. It was like, fuck you. I'm getting old, dude. I'm getting, I feel better. I feel better now than ever. Yeah. It's just like the mentality, right? It's, 
I think we're like in a very good space. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. I do too. I do too. So I ask people. I ask people to ask us questions for today. So let's answer a couple of them. Let's see. Okay, someone said, who made the first move? You. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be lying on my podcast, dude. (laughs) But it, okay. Wait, what, what was the first move? We were at the, remember we went to the movies and then you dropped me back off and you leaned in and we kissed. Did we did we kiss after that? Did we kiss after that? Yeah, no, we did kiss. We kissed. We kissed. It was it was a mutual kissing. Don't be trying (laughs) to say it was. The only thing that I did do that day is I remember we were going to the movies and I had like my my little booties on and I had like a dress and it was so cold outside. Remember, I didn't bring a jacket and but I did that on purpose because I wanted you to like hold me or like give me your jacket or something and you did. Oh wow. So you made the first move. No, I was just... Mentally. No, 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 no. I was just... Do you remember seeing me that day? You were like, what the hell? Like, why are you wearing a dress? Yeah, because we were friends. We were like... We were just friends, remember? For a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw you in a dress, and the first time I saw you out of scrubs, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hello. <laughs> were you really like that? I thought you were like so like... I was shook because... Every other time I've seen you, are in scrubs. Yeah. Scrubs aren't, they're not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was shook. I was like, oh, hi. Yeah. What's the next question? Next question. <laughs> this is specifically for you. It says, Alex, what do you think about opposite gender friendships? I think that opposite gender friendships are a possibility. However, they do take a level of maturity. Um, specifically like sexual maturity because i think that when you have a friend of the opposite sex it's there's always like this underlying tone of it you know um so maybe that however like if you have like a partner i think that your friends that are opposite sex might be like her friends you know and any other person just might be like an acquaintance it's not someone like that you like go out with and like you know have lunch with or anything like that would you be pissed if i had like a guy best friend yeah i don't, I don't think i'd be able to handle it i don't think <laughs> that'd be that'd be weird you know yeah I, I yeah that'd be so weird i'm like a lot of it has to do with like how i grew up though and like how i was raised by my parents and like the old school yeah sort of um machismo you know and then all my friends are like that too so i think one of it would have to be like um I would feel weird them knowing that because then I would be, you know, I'd be kind of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so you're just like, no, no, like, no, no. Yeah, Can't that's happen. such an important thing, I think. Yeah. For me personally, like you always ask me like, why, like, why do you care so much about what people think about you? I'm like, it's not that. It's just, there's just something like, something about like honor or something about like. Yeah. <laughs> keeping your girlfriend like, don't be saying on check. Don't be saying on check. Yeah. Not 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 on check, but having having your partner respect you. You know, there's certain boundaries that you shouldn't cross. Yeah. And um and I think that's very important. Yeah. I think for me too. I think if you had a girl best friend, I would be 
I don't know. I would be. I'm your girl best friend. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, yeah. scratch my first answer. My first answer was all bad. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'm your girl best friend and I feel some type of way. But I do admire how close you are um, with the girls in your life. Like me, your sister, your mom. Like I do admire that. And I feel like you find friendships in the people that you're supposed to be close with, you know. But outside of it, I would be like, excuse me, sir. Don't be... <laughs> you know what i mean yeah next question it says alex what do you think are some boundaries that keeps or breaks a relationship um respect first and foremost i think you you should be very respectful of your partner i -hmm. think that uh, this is the individual that most likely is one of the individuals that most cares about you and i think you should have the respect that you want them to have for you and i think you should make your respect your boundaries vocal to them and if they are tested, if your boundaries are tested, then you should be, you should have the uh, um, the courage to do something about it. You know, like if if you if you have a boundary and they cross it, and yeah. then they cross it and you tell them about it and they cross it again, that just means they, they lack a certain so a certain element of respect. And if that's the case, then you can leave or you can do like so many things. But like to stay there once a whatever it might be that you don't like about them and they keep on doing after you vocalized it, then, you know, at that, at that time, I think it's like a, it's a huge red flag and, and you yeah. should have the, the courage and the self-respect really self-respect is very, very important to, to get up and leave when someone isn't respecting um, what you want. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but specific boundaries I think would be like, obviously like, <laughs> going back to like the first question don't have if you know if you're uh if you're a woman uh, you know don't have guy best friends um i guess respect like whatever your guy wants you to wear like not to like a very like not that a guy should dress you or anything you know but <laughs> i think there is like a time where like a time um, and a place for everything yeah yeah definitely like if you're gonna go to church like don't wear like a skimpy dress <laughs> with your i don't know yeah uh, and then like i don't know like vice versa but like yeah mainly i think it's just like a respect thing the respect has to be there but the first thing that has to be there is the self-respect like you really have to respect yourself and your self-image and the person that you're with is a representation of yourself they're an extension of you so how you carry yourself you have to be very aware of how you carry yourself and what you want to be perceived as Mm -hmm. and then you want a person that respects that and um follows that to a certain degree yeah okay next question it says what are your pet peeves about each other dang i got this question like three times people are people want to know the chief what what didn't what don't you like about me huh huh huh, huh? is there anything oh you, he can't name it i'm sorry guys however i can <laughs> my biggest pet peeve my biggest pet peeve is like we'll have like a super healthy day we'll like be juicing and then we'll eat like a salad and then we'll eat like ceviche and fish and like i'll make quinoa and and it's like super super healthy and then at the end of the night you always have to eat like a snack and i'm like dude don't be eating cheetos don't be eating like i'm like it defeats the purpose or you'll go to the gym for like hella hours and then you'll come back and you'll eat like You'll eat like an ice cream or you I'm like, dude, like why are you working out so hard if like that's my biggest pet peeve? I'm like, 
What is the point? <laughs> um, my biggest pet peeve, which really isn't that big of a pet peeve, but I think it's like <laughs> it's gonna sound funny. It's it's like when you wake up and then you just wear like your pajamas all morning. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I. Just, <laughs> There's something about that that just makes me, it doesn't even make me mad. I just think it's just, I just think it's like lazy, you know? Because <laughs> I like, because when I wake up, I just, I, I like, I, I get the idea that people should be comfortable and stuff, but like it's become such a big thing. Like people dress like shit, like all over the place, you know? We just went to 7 Eleven this morning. I could <laughs> I wear my pajamas no, but, to 7 Eleven. But like, I know, sometimes you'd be waking up and like, you, you don't even care. You just like, don't even like your hair is like still like in the freaking frenzy and then it'll be like that to like 1 p.m i'm like are you gonna like uh do your hair sorry that's that's how you met me so uh another question how did you meet what was your first what was your first impression of each other um you had rbf in the beginning so i thought you were a very serious person (laughs) really yeah and i thought i thought you were cute though for sure I just remember looking at you from across the hall, and I was like, dang, that girl is angry. Get a little closer to the mic. Angry. Angry. I think my first impression, <laughs> my first impression of you is like, I just like, I just always loved your big back, so whenever you would turn around, I'd be like, dang, big back, come through. Big back boys. <laughs> Silver back. Silver back. Um... It said, how are you feeling during your breakup? Was it hard? We already got that. Who made the first move? We already got that. Let me look at this other questions over here. Hold on. Mm, greatest accomplishment as a couple. Oh, I like this one. What do you think? Mm, I think it's coming to like a deep understanding of one another and our motivations and uh, synchronizing our goals and our emotions. And honesty i think honesty for sure <laughs> honesty, honesty is their biggest accomplishment yeah, like raw raw truthful honesty and the ability to grow due to that honesty <laughs> yeah i was gonna say moving out but mine sounds a little superficial now <laughs> <laughs> moving out was really really good for us yeah moving out was big but i think honesty is like I, honest like that level of honesty where you can say anything to your partner and they can grow from it is like something that um, I think really ties relationships together for a very long time. Yeah. So honesty. Um, how do you guys deal with conflict in and out of your relationship? Conflict. I think we talk about a lot of things. We we, we have we do have that open communication, but it could always be better. Um, but we do talk and we we check on each other a lot. Um, and I don't know. I think like we understand each other to a point where like if i'm bugged out or if you are bugged out like we kind of can sense it a little bit yeah i think we understand each other's like baseline yeah and we can find like any little detail when it's off and then we'll just ask what's up but like yeah one of the things like when you communicate like don't get all crazy and (laughs) start judging the other person yelling at them just be cool bring it down just bring it down and be right here we don't really Thank God we don't really have like screaming fights. Like I, we do bicker a lot though. We do bicker, and we do. But like, yeah, I don't think we ever 
fight bigly we have a couple times but like i don't think that ever worked out for us like we were just pissed afterwards and it didn't accomplish anything mm-hmm. you know um so yeah just communication which sounds so cheesy because everyone always says like oh communication is key but like it really really is you know it's like it's like how everyone talks about like drinking water every day if you don't drink water every day and then finally you start drinking water you're like oh shit this actually works, you know, (laughs) like you have to put in that work. You have to be drinking that water. You have to be, um, first open to communication and being able to receive communication and, and listening more than, more than you're speaking, you know, and, and trying to understand that person. Like, and, and then something else is also knowing that you're not always right. Like that was a very hard pill for me to swallow (laughs) at first. Yeah. And progress. You have to have a, Similar to like, have you had progress in your, in your, in your single life <laughs> or your own life? You have to have it in a relationship. There has to be goals that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Whether that's moving out or buying a house or taking the trip or going out. Otherwise, you're going to feel like it's you're like in stagnation. And you're, yeah, it's going to feel like your relationship is dying. Like you, <laughs> you should know like you should be happy with like be here now. You know, you should be here and enjoy it. But also you should just plan, you know, for the next the next move. Um, someone said top three qualities in your partner. Um, your top three would probably be, uh, a very high level or deep level of understanding when it comes to like human empathy and sympathy, especially with those people around you. And I mean, I studied psychology, but I think you're a way better psychologist than me, (laughs) uh, when it comes to really tapping into those deep emotions where someone will really open up with you. You're, you're a humanist and you have, you have a big heart and you have a lot of sympathy for people. And I think, um, kindness, extremely kind and very goal oriented. You really look for happiness. You know, you don't like being in places where you're sad or doing things that make you sad. I think that's really made you grow a lot mm-hmm. with Dirty Delicious and with the podcast mm-hmm. and when you were in school with your writing. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, thank you, babe. <laughs> um, for me, the top three qualities is um, that you're very optimistic. I feel like I feel like before I met you, um, I was a glass half empty kind of girl. And I was very pessimistic. Like you can even ask my mom. Like I think that that's naturally me. I am a little bit more pessimistic. I, I'm not that much of a dreamer. I'm more of a, um, of a, like logistical person. You know, I do think like I think I used to think more in logic, but now I'm just like a little bit more free uh, since I met you. And so I think, um, yeah, just being always being optimistic and always pushing me to not be stagnant. I think, I think, um, your ability to push me and your ability to push those around you. And, um, I think now that we do have more people around us, like, I just love how much people love you, like, like that they can share a piece of you. Um, or I get to share a piece of you, you know, and it's just, it's really, really nice when like on your birthday, when all the people came and, and, like you're just so loved, you know, and I love being around someone that is so loved, you know. Um, and then the other thing is like we have we're like we're always laughing, you know, we're always like 
even in like our the really tough times like even when we were breaking up even when like we're going through something like we we can always hold each other and just laugh about it you know and not be so serious and not be so um i don't know like just uh attached to a sadness i guess but yeah just being your happiness your joy your smile your um ability to like brighten up a room uh, that's what i love about you yeah (laughs) um another one says what's our biggest strength as a couple Mm. nobody can hear you all the way back there (laughs) Mm, probably uh, i guess a certain level of humility um you know when i tell you something or when you tell me something I think it's natural to have a reaction of, of uh, or take a defensive stance. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us, I believe that we've like diminished that. Like, yeah, there is a defensive stance that we take, but it's not like. Get closer to the mic. I don't think it's loud enough, dude. You don't think it's loud enough? Hold no, on. I don't think mine's. I've been hella close to it this whole time. There we go. <laughs> okay. But. Sorry, could you ask a question again? Yeah. What's our biggest strength as a couple? Yeah, it's it's humility. It's a certain level of humility when it comes to telling each other things that we are doing bad, and you know, taking that defensive stance, it's it's pretty natural. But I think that we've lowered that, so we become defensive, and then we we can really take it in after a little while, and and then put it in action. And I think that's what's really made us grow. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I think so too. Just humility. Um, another question is, uh, what is your love language for both of us? What's yours? Um, hold on. Back on that last question, though, I do also want to add that I, um, the the humility part of it also has to do with when you tell me something, my instant reaction is to tell you, well, what about this about you? However, not vocalizing that and really just taking it in and just being like, okay, yeah, you're right. But not like reacting. Yeah. And then just sitting with it and then coming back to it. I think that's really important to do. It's very easy to see the faults in another person when they start judging you or criticizing you. But I guess you just have to realize that the individual that truly loves you is going to criticize you and judge you because they they know you can do better. Yeah. 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 Love language love language is um to remember it's gifts physical touch love language is acts the of pseudoscience. service <laughs> give wait, wait <laughs> gifts physical touch don't you <laughs> don't be saying that don't be saying love language that. is pop psychology <laughs> so it's, it's um oh my gosh gifts quality time um physical touch acts of service Ah, uh, I forgot the other one. It's definitely act of service. Acts of service. Like whenever I do stuff for you, you really like it? Yeah, acts of service is probably the best thing. For you? Really? Mm-hmm. Mine is physical. Like I'd love to hug you. I need to hold your hand. I need to be cuddling with you. I need to... <laughs> <laughs> I I think mine is definitely physical. Which is weird because usually it's the other way around. Usually girls say acts of service and guys say physical touch. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Does that mean I'm the female in the relationship? Probably. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, hell no. I'm just kidding. My dad would be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, it says, uh, where does he, so this question's for you, where does he see you guys as a couple in five years? Who asked this? My mom. I find out it was Anna. <laughs> Your mom? <laughs> yeah, my mom. I think I see us. Okay. I, I do see us with a home uh, of our own. And I see us with some travel experience and most likely married. Otherwise, I'd be setting a world record. <laughs> a world record of what? Longest. Longest girlfriend longest time? Girlfriend. Longest courtship? Longest girlfriend in all Utah. You better not. Don't don't be getting that idea in your head, my friend. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope, though. If we set a world record. Of what? Longest girlfriend. Longest girlfriend. I can be on the Guinness Book of World Records. Listen, I think I think I'm a, I'm gonna cut you off right there. <laughs> don't be okay. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anything else you want to add? Um. Yeah. I think, yeah, the last words here that I have is just for people who are going through it because there is a um, epidemic of mental health issues in our society going on at the moment. And as someone who, I've never been, I've never gone to a doctor and been told that I have depression, but I think I've felt pretty serious symptoms of one thing or another. Um, I think that like right now being in a place where I feel very happy about my life and everything it's just a couple of things I'd like to talk about and like specifically like I think your ability to to feel graciousness and to feel happiness in the world is directly correlated with how much progress you make in your life and it, it's also directly correlated to like where your morality stands right now we're in a we're in a weird society where all, all morality is relative to one another there isn't um there isn't an absolute level of morality mm-hmm. where things are either bad or good, but you know it's relative to the culture that you're in, your specific situation, whether you're a male or you're a female. Mm-hmm. And I think we all just need to go back to a level of of synchronicity where we're all on the same page when it comes to morality. Mm-hmm. There are things that are good, and there are things that are bad, and there's definitely evil in the world. And there's a lot of characters out in a social space who will tell you one thing or another. There's a lot of people in a red pill, uh, you know, manosphere like Andrew Tate that will tell you X, Y, and Z. And, you know, people like on political spectrums like Candace Owens or Ben Shapiro that will spew all this political garbage that is, is really all like ideological. And I think people, we just need to go back to like the source material. Like don't listen to, you shouldn't even listen to me, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. but like, really, like, don't even like, don't get your ideas from people in the political sphere that that are that have a sort of bias and are selling some sort of media or a program. Like, go back to the books, like the original texts. Go back to the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita and the Quran, and pick up books on philosophy and really just learn for yourself what it means to be a good standing citizen and, and a moral person in our society because you get lost. There's so much stuff out there. And I think it's so easy to get lost. We're, we're all just like looking for wisdom. And the first thing you can do in, in, in truly improving yourself is going back to, to source text and becoming a better person. 
and and really becoming that light of hope for yourself and for those around you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, babe. Thank you, babe. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that you uh, subscribe and review. Subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> <laughs> and tune in next week. And tune in next week. Thank you guys so much. See you later. Bye.